0: ink, one woman's tirade against poor writing and problematic romance. My name is Lee, and this episode is chapter 11 of Fifty Shades of Grey. As usual, trigger warnings will be in the episode descriptions and of course if there are any that you feel that I've missed, please let me know and I'll be happy to add them. And uh, I do have an announcement at the end of the episode, so make sure you stick around for that. So, it has been a minute since I recorded a podcast episode because I have been so focused on like editing the episodes I already have and releasing the podcast. Like, I just took some time off from actually recording to like do all the administrative behind the scenes stuff. So, hopefully, I can kind of get back in my groove as this episode goes along. We'll see. Please bear with me. So, Chapter 11. I'm gonna tell you right now I was not a big fan of this chapter (laughs) because the first half of it is just the entire text of the contract between, well, It's the entire text of Christian's contract, I'll say that, because Anna has not agreed to any of this shit yet. So most of it, like half of it, I feel like I'm reading the terms and conditions for a relationship, which sucks. And so I'm going to call out a few things from that contract, but there's probably some other things in there that I just... I am not talking about right now because I was just... Like, my brain was melting trying to read all this shit. So there's that. And then the second half of the chapter is entirely just email exchanges between Christian and Anna because they don't text like normal people. They communicate primarily through email. So there's going to be a lot of that coming up. Not looking forward to it. So that's this chapter. Let's get going with some things that I would just like to point out from this contract. Ah yes, okay, I'm gonna be pulling a few quotes as usual. On the very first page, it's page 165, fundamental terms of the contract. The fundamental purpose of this contract is to allow the submissive to explore her sensuality and her limits safely with due respect and regard for her needs, her limits, and her well-being. So right away, we've failed at that. Just right off the bat, this is not about Anna only insofar as Christian can use her to take his pleasure in the way that he wants. This is... Anna is just a warm body for him at this point, so we've failed. Page one, paragraph fucking two. She has not been given the care or the respect or the background context to really derive any safety or stability or pleasure from this relationship at all whatsoever. So, bad start. Page 166, the first paragraph under the roles heading. The dominant shall take responsibility for the well being and the proper training, guidance, and discipline of the submissive. He shall decide the nature of such training, guidance, and discipline, and the time and place of its administration, subject to the agreed terms, limitations, and safety procedures, blah, blah, blah. The rest doesn't matter. So there's a lot of language like this throughout the contract where the DOM is deciding what's happening, when it's happening, where it's happening, what the sub is doing. Blah blah blah, it's all on the Dom's terms. If you've been paying attention so far, is not how a relationship works. No, not even a DS relationship. Not even a 24-7 DS relationship. The sub gets just as much say into how this relationship works as the Dom she gets to decide how she is trained what the protocols are you know there there's no there's so little mention in this contract of what the sub wants to get out of this relationship It's just all being decided by the Dom because the Dom knows best. The Dom knows how to everything, which is not the case, at least not at first. Ideally, as your relationship goes on and you negotiate things and you get to know each other, yeah then you can start the sub can kind of start handing things over to the dom and saying i trust you enough you know me well enough you can make this decision for me like that's the goal of a ds relationship but especially in the early stages there's a lot of input from the sub as well and of course yes the sub does keep getting to put input to have input throughout the entire relationship but I feel like it's especially important before you really know each other, before the Dom knows everything there is to know about the sub. You know, what does the sub want to get trained in? What does the sub want to get out of this relationship? What kinks are the, is the sub looking to explore? What does the sub need in order to feel safe and feel cared for enough to explore those kinks? does the sub want punishment? What kind of punishment? What context is punishment acceptable in? The sub gets to decide all of these things just as much, if not more so, than the dom. There's this saying among kinksters that you think the dom has all the power, but actually the sub has all the power, and I don't necessarily completely agree with that. I think, at least in my experience and from my knowledge it's more of a a democracy. It's more equal outside of headspace, outside of roleplay, outside of scenes. You both have just as much power. I don't think it's true that the sub has all the power because from my perspective as a sub, yes, I am handing over decision making. I I am handing over power. Like, even just in terms of allowing my guard down enough to be in a submissive headspace, around the person who is acting as my dom, that is handing them a fair bit of power because if I'm in that headspace and I'm saying, okay, right now this person is my dom, this person is taking care of me, I trust this person. My first instinct is usually to do what they say, and then my second instinct is sometimes, wait, no, actually, I shouldn't do that. I should take care of myself. This is a time when I need to disobey or I need to say for it or I need to do whatever it is that I need to do to take care of myself. But that doesn't always come up at first. Like sometimes it takes me a minute. And so that, you know, that's, that's putting a lot of power in that person's hands, but I can still say for it. I can still get out of that situation. I can still say, "Mm, actually, no, mommy, I think you're wrong in this, you know, instance. I think we need to renegotiate this or discuss this or, or whatever, make changes in whatever way that is. So the sub doesn't have all the power, but the Dom certainly doesn't have all the power either. It's you're building this structure together where the sub can hand over that power within a box. Within whatever limits you've negotiated for your relationship, more generally, for that scene, for that day, whatever it is, you're putting a box around it. And also, either of you can choose to step outside of that box whenever you need to, which we'll talk more about that later. Moving on. So, this contract is for a three-month kind of quote-unquote trial period, and then after that time, it's written into the contract that, like, the idea is they will come back and renegotiate it and see, you know, if everyone's needs are being met, if everyone is happy with the, the contract as negotiated, which, on the one hand, great. So glad that it's building this, you know, into the structure of renegotiating, of checking in. That's super fucking important of taking a look at what needs to change, if anything. However, it would make me feel better if it was also explicitly written into this contract that Either of them can also sit down and renegotiate any part of this contract at any point within those three months. Because if I get, you know, let's say this is like a really strange Twilight Zone alternate universe in which I am signing a contract to be someone submissive, I don't think I ever would do that. (laughs) I think if I was dating someone and they pulled out a contract and were like, this is, you know, you need to sign this before I'll dom you, I think I would like grab some breadsticks and leave right there. But If I was going to sign this contract and we were, I don't know, two weeks into the three-month period, and I was seeing some things that were not working for me, were not serving me in the relationship, were not meeting my needs, I would need to be able to go back and renegotiate those. Otherwise, you know, I've still got two and a half months left to go in, you know, with these protocols or whatever it is that are not serving me, and that sucks. (laughs) Page 167, section 13, under the availability heading. The dominant reserves the right to dismiss the submissive from his service at any time and for any reason. The submissive may request request her release at any time, such request to be granted at the discretion of the dominant, subject only to the submissive's rights under clauses 2 through 5 and 8 above. I'm not going to read you those other clauses because I don't give a fuck. They're not relevant right now. Holy shit, that's not how a DS breakup works. No, no it's not. Unless you two very specifically, I'm not going to say it's how it, never how it should work because if if you two know what you're doing and you negotiate that that's how your breakup is going to work, fine, live your life. But in general, that's not how a fucking DS relation or DS breakup works. So, like I have been saying this entire podcast, the dominant is given the power in a box. When you're outside of scene, when you're outside of headspace, when you're in just the, like, maintaining your relationship as two human beings in love type of thing, you are both equally allowed to walk away at any time for any reason. No conditions, no nothing. You can, like, just like any relationship, whoever is involved, anyone involved, is allowed to call it off at any time for any reason. And in fact, in my experience, a fair few, like, there's there's kind of this movement within the kink community, and I've seen it in the poly community as well, because of course there's a lot of crossover between those two communities, of actually negotiating a breakup and kind of doing the opposite of this thing that is being happened in... What am I... I can't even... I'm losing my words already, you guys. So what the contract is saying is... The dominant can walk away at any time for any reason. The submissive, if she wants to break up, she has to request it. She has to hope that the dominant lets her out of this relationship. Fuck that. Holy shit, no. Gigantic gigantic fucking red flag. Oh my god, run. What I have, like, the mindset I have seen in these communities, in the kink community and in the poly community, is pretty much the exact opposite of that, where you are kind of negotiating your breakup, and you're negotiating, what do we want that breakup to look like? Is it, you know, we're kind of de-escalating it and making it less serious but we're still seeing each other? Are we gonna hopefully end up as friends? Are we going our separate ways forever for, you know, temporarily while we both figure our shit out? What is that gonna look like? What kind of care are we able and willing to give each other as we both deal with this breakup? Like, how can we make this easier on everyone involved? Which is the exact fucking opposite of what Christian Grey is proposing here. There's, like I said, there's a lot of language in here about Adam, May, blah 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 at any time, for any reason, and there's just absolutely no mention of consent, of negotiation, of checking in, in the moment, which is a fucking terrible way to go about this, because all the reasons I've been saying since day one, (laughs) and all the reasons why I said before signing a contract to be in a relationship is a bad idea, because what this contract is attempting to do is to give blanket permission for all of these things for the entire rest of the relationship, which, say it with me, folks, is not how a DS relationship works. There's this concept of a palette of permission where one or both of you says, okay, here are some things I am up for right now, or this weekend or whatever. And then say, let's say the the sub gives a palette of permission and the dom can choose which one of those things they're going to do, in what order, etc, etc. That's still a conversation that needs to happen every time. You still need to be checking in in the moment. You still need to be negotiating. Of course there's going to be different levels of this depending on your relationship and your dynamic and your needs, but I really appreciate you know even if say me and my dom have built a scene where she's gonna tie me up and then she's going to spank me and then I'm gonna give her a blowjob I still you know even if that's the plan we've made I still really appreciate her checking in and saying okay I'm gonna tie you up now okay, I'm gonna hit you now and checking in, you know, throughout being hit, throughout the spanking, saying, how are you doing? Is this still okay, et cetera, et cetera. Like you don't, you can still make it dominant. Notice how that was, it was not a question, can I tie you up? It was a statement, I'm going to tie you up now. But there's still this implication of, if I need to change things, if I need to say, no, actually, don't tie me up, I can still do that. I still have that permission to do that. So there's there's still that negotiation, that ongoing, like, checking in. Because, you know, your sub is not going to be up for the same things every single time. They're not necessarily going to be up for everything that you as the theoretical dominant that I'm talking to right now is up for in the moment. And it's just a lot easier and a lot kinder to everyone's emotions, I think, to have that discussion beforehand rather than just dive into it and potentially have the sub freak out and have to say for Like, that just becomes a much bigger deal much quicker than saying, hey, I know we talked yesterday about me tying you up and spanking you tonight. How are you feeling about that? Consent, negotiation, checking in, making sure everything's still good. It's really fucking important, and there's none of that. There's none of that language in this contract. Another thing, um, there are some very specific protocols that are laid out in this contract. For example, the sub is not allowed to make eye contact with the dom. I'm I'm saying the sub and the dom a lot, as if this is not specifically referring to Christian and Anna. So Anna would not be allowed to make eye contact with Christian uh, without permission. Anna is not allowed to jerk off or or otherwise experience sexual pleasure without Christian's permission. She's not allowed to touch him without his his permission. Just all these, like, very, like, high protocol, very specific rules and things that are being laid out, which, like, okay, yeah, if those are all deal breakers for Christian, if he is not interested in a relationship without those specific protocols in place, that's valid. That's a conversation that needs to happen, though, and that means, needs to be, like, very frankly presented as, if you don't want to do these things, I am not interested in this relationship. Otherwise, <laughs> that needs to be... I mean, it's it still needs to be a conversation, but, like, in, if they're not deal breakers for Christian, they need to be brought up as, hey, how would you feel about not making eye contact with me without permission? How would you feel about not ever masturbating without my permission, because that's a big one. That would be a lot to ask of a lot of people. Not every sub is going to say yes to that. Not every sub is going to say yes to no eye contact. And they're just, like, presented as just, like, very casual. Like, this this whole thing really is just very, like, matter-of-factly laid out, and I know it was written with an experienced sub in mind, but just the fact that Christian has just dumped all of this in her lap. I'm sure I talked about this last chapter. It's just horrifying. It's just the worst possible way you could induct someone into the kinky lifestyle. Holy shit. Like, how the fuck is she supposed to cope with all of this without any context, without any prior knowledge, without any deprogramming from the stigma and shame around sex and kink that we are all brought up with to some degree or another. Like, I feel like to be a, like, well-rounded, ethical kinkster, you kind of almost have to get a little bit radicalized first. You have to deconstruct some shit around sex, around gender roles, around body shame, around all of these things around taboo, like, societal taboos. Like, I don't know. I just really, I don't see how a person who was brought up in this modern society and was not at least a little bit deprogrammed could ever possibly be comfortable with kink. Oh, wait. Yes, I do. I see them on Tinder all the time, and they're toxic as fuck. So there is a section on safe words. Yay! That's good. One point for Christian Grey. (laughs) One point in the yay column. However, two points in the nay column, because one, E.L. James clearly came across the traffic light system, the green-yellow-red system of consent in her research because the two safe words that Christian lays out is yellow if you need to, if you're like approaching your limit and need to slow down, need to be checked in with, all that good stuff, and red if you need to stop the scene immediately. Fine. Would make me feel better if the sub could also have the option of choosing a different safe word, I definitely use the traffic light system in my own kink scenes. I also have my own personal safe word that I can also utilize that acts the same way as Red. It stops the scene immediately. Options are good. Letting the sub have input into her own fucking relationship is good. Also, there is... Zero mention of what happens after she says red and the scene stops. There's no mention of aftercare. There's no mention of does this mean the scene stops forever and like that's just it? Does it mean the scene stops and Christian checks in? And then if Anna says, you know, I I need to stop doing this, but we can do this other thing, like can the scene keep going? Do you want to have some like default comfort things? that happen if and when Anna says red. Like what what happens after you say after the safe word? That's really fucking important too. Novice kinksters don't always think about that. An exper- a literal lifelong kinkster like Christian Grey really should know about that shit by now. But as we will see, EL James clearly did not get to the aftercare section of the research for this book. Aftercare does not exist in this universe, and it makes me so sad. So anyway, then there's an extremely long detailed list. Well, not even super long, but it's a pretty long detailed list of activities, toys, uh, you know, impact implements, ways that Christian wants to tie Anna up, all that stuff, which is a great conversation starter. Honestly, like, it, it's a little bit feels like the start of reaching towards a yes, no, maybe list, it's definitely not there because it's literally just does the submissive consent to you know single tail whips floggers paddles canes etc cetera, etc cetera, and then it lists stuff um, and and it's yes or no as anyone who has ever filled out a kinky yes no maybe list will know or at least this was my experience doing this with my partner it's a lot more nuanced than that because sometimes it's a yes if I'm in the right mood sometimes it's a yes if we have a very lengthy negotiation beforehand, if sometimes it's a, uh, yes, if this, 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 and this other, you know, condition is met first, then we can do whatever. Um, sometimes it's uh, not right now, but I could see myself maybe exploring that in the future. And sometimes even hard no's turn into maybe yeses over time, which is my other problem with the, the list of hard limits, is, like, people's hard limits change. There are some things that used to be hard limits for me that are now pretty important parts of my kinky brain. (laughs) My experience of my kinks. That shit changes, especially as you continue to, like I said, radicalize, deprogram yourself, learn more about kinks, and human sexuality, and the way that kinks are done safely and consensually, and the the different pleasure that people can get out of different kinks. Like, a lot of times, as you get deeper into that world, you start to figure out, like, oh, I used to not understand why anyone would want to involve piss in their play at all, and now I'm realizing that that is just kind of a cultural disgust reaction that was programmed into me. Like, you're taught from a very young age, P is yucky. And in some ways, you know, that's a good thing to learn as a child. There, you know, you need to put boundaries around where pee can happen (laughs) in order to keep your surroundings sanitary and whatever. But if you can kind of unlearn some of that, you might be able to start finding some pleasure in pee and in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, and and that's just one of dozens, if not hundreds of examples. (laughs) So, There's that. Also, the other thing about this giant list of do you consent to blank 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 blank, Anna does not know. She has no prior knowledge, no prior experience. She did not even know that half of these things existed a week ago. She doesn't know, necessarily, if she wants- if she's okay with being paddled. She doesn't necessarily know if she's okay with being suspended. She doesn't necessarily know if she wants to try fisting. There's no way that she, at this point in her knowledge of kink, can give an, a well-informed and accurate answer to any of this shit. So, we come to the end of the contract- Uh, We come back to Anna's internal monologue. She is absolutely appalled and just instinctively gut reaction opposed to a lot of it, which does not surprise me at all, given how violently she was tossed in the deep end here, that it takes people a long time to warm up to sometimes, um, depending on how steeped they are in the sex negativity of this culture. And Anna, being who she is, is extremely steeped in it. I have a note here that says, girl, you should be taking notes, because she has a lot of opinions of things that she does not want to do, things that she wants to change, things that she should either be bringing up with Christian and saying, no, I don't want to do this, no, I don't want to do that, fuck you, or probably at this point just saying, this is way too much. Christian has demonstrated that he's a terrible mentor, a terrible teacher, i.e. to walk away from this relationship. But of course she does none of that. Her inner goddess really wants to do this because she says otherwise they'll end up alone with a lot of cats and romance novels to keep them company. Again I say, holy shit Anna, go to therapy, get your self-esteem issues worked out. That's the other thing kinky relationships work better the more time you spend in therapy working on your own issues. Also, the fear of ending up alone is a terrible reason to stay in literally any relationship, but it's maybe especially a terrible reason to stay in a kinky relationship so much more so when you yourself are not kinky and are having some extremely strong negative emotions about a lot of the things that your kinky partner wants to do. Anna, you're, what, 21? 22? Like, you are so young. As a 30 year old, I think I can say that now. And I understand, I get it, like, this culture emphasizes youth emphasize, like romanticizes marrying your high school st- sweetheart emphasizes finding your soulmate young and like starting on that relationship escalator to dating to living together to you know marriage to children and a white picket fence or whatever But that's not the only path to take through life. And increasingly, that's not the path that a lot of people want to take. And, like, so anyway, so point the first, I understand, like, reaching your 20s and not having dated anyone, kissed anyone, whatever, like, You can kinda feel like your time's running out, and you're like, holy shit, I'm a whole-ass adult now, or at least I'm expected to act like a whole-ass adult now, and I have not had any of these quote-unquote milestones that I'm supposed to have started having in high school. But, like, fuck that noise. That's not everyone's experience, and it doesn't have to- it shouldn't be, because that's not the right path for everyone. And 22 is so fucking young! I would argue that you're not really a whole-ass adult until, like, at least 24 or 25. That's when I, like, even started to get my shit figured out, and I'm still working on it, (laughs) but I feel like I'm a lot further along now at 30 than I was at, you know, 23, 24. So if you break up with this guy now, you have the entire rest of your life to find the right person for you. You have so much living ahead of you. Life does not end at 30. Life does not end at 40. Life does not end at 50. You can keep on living, keep on searching for the right people in your life, I mean, until the day you die. And, you know, ideally, if you want a long-term romantic relationship, you find that before the day you die, but I'm being facetious. My point is, your options are not whoever's in front of you at the moment or dying alone with lots of cats. And going so far out of your comfort zone just to stay with this man because he is a man in front of you who you are attracted to is just absolutely setting yourself up for the worst, most toxic relationship possible. Mm, Page 176. Anna is thinking, am I submissive? Maybe I come across that way. Maybe I misled him in the interview. I'm shy, yes, but submissive? I let Kate bully me. Is that the same? First of all, girl, holy shit, get yourself some friends who don't fucking bully you. Second of all, did you mislead him in the interview? No. No. You didn't, sweetheart. You absolutely did not. This is not on you. This is on him. Let me tell you, from experience... Kinky people are so fucking good at projecting whatever energy we want to see onto people that we are attracted to. Even from my experience of seeing other kinky people interpret fictional characters in TV shows or movies or whatever, and seeing a a sizable portion of a particular fandom. Like, I'm not even giving specific examples right now because it's happened multiple times saying, oh, this guy's such a bottom. He's such a sub. I would just dom the hell out of him. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there going, did we watch the same movie? This guy would beat my ass and I would thank him for it. Like, he's so fucking dominant. He's so fucking daddy energy. And that's the thing. We can just project what we want to see onto these people. And yes, you better fucking believe that goes for people in real life, too. It's not just fictional characters. It's people we find on social media. It's people we find on dating apps. Like, some of my DMs will attest to this. So, Anna, this was not on you. First of all, you could not possibly have misled him because you did not know that there was anything like this to mislead him towards. Misleading implies intent. You didn't know. You thought you were just there for an interview. It is 100% on him, any submission that he read into your behavior. Third of all, being a doormat is not the same as being submissive, and in fact, as I've said before, in a lot of ways they're antithetical. Being a submissive, it's really important to be able to stand up for yourself, to be able to set your boundaries and stick to them, to know what you want, to be able to ask for what you want, to be able to have discussions about what you want. Oh my god, recording a podcast is exhausting. I forgot. Letting your friends bully you does not mean you're submissive. It means you have deep-seated self-esteem issues that, once again, I say, please go to therapy and work those out. The next day, Christian has a MacBook Pro delivered to Anna. And this is just showing the age of this book. MacBook Pros at the time were not on the market yet. This was Christian using his money to buy the latest, the absolute fucking latest in Apple technology before it's even available to consumers. So, once again, him just, like, flexing his rich asshole muscles, which he loves to do all day, every day. He has set up a secure email address for Anna, and Anna's uh, first thought is, I have an email address? Holy fuck, this book is old. Holy fuck, this book is fucking ancient. Yes, so then it gets to the email exchange because, like I said, they can't just text like normal people. And this, I do not think is a product of the age of this book because, let's see, it's 2022 now, so this book is set in 2011. So that's what, 11 years ago? I was 19, okay, so I guess I was a little bit younger than these people, but I was texting. I was texting some people that was how I communicated with people. I don't know why they're emailing. I guess maybe because it's more secure and back then, like, signal didn't exist or whatever, so maybe they didn't have a secure text option. I don't know. But it's, like, every single email is, like, two sentences, and it has the, like, from, to, Date, subject before it, and it has the like, Christian has his CEO, Christian Gray, blah 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 signature at the end of every single email. It's so fucking annoying. Oh my fucking god. So, Anna, they're like emailing back and forth, and Anna makes a quip about like, some of us have to work for a living, and Christian goes, I work for a living too. Do ya? Do ya though? Mr. CEO of Vague Businessy Holdings Incorporated, are you sure you don't just have a rich family for a living? Are you sure you don't just sit on your stacks of money all day for a living? Because I'm pretty sure that's what you do. I'm pretty sure your employees work for you, and you reap the rewards. I'm pretty sure that's how capitalism works. So, Anna goes to work, Jose meets her for coffee and a lunch break, and the whole, you know, thing about Jose sexually assaulting her, like, three days ago or whatever, is resolved in, like, a paragraph. Like, even less. It's, like, two sentences. Jose is like, you promise you forgive me? And Anna's like, of course I forgive you, Jose. Oh my god, you're such a good friend, you're like a brother to me. And that's it. And I'm just fucking speechless about that, so I'm just gonna let that hang in the air. Basically, the rest of the chapter is them, like, flirting back and forth via email. It's exhausting. So, finally, Anna says, what, you know, Christian is, like, bugging her to do her internet research about kink, and Anna says, what do you suggest I put into a search engine? And Christian says, always start with Wikipedia hey, Christian, you and I were brought up with very different attitudes toward Wikipedia. I'm just going to leave it at that. So the chapter ends after Anna has done half an hour of research, which honestly, I feel like that's E.L. James admitting that that's how much time she spent researching kink for this book, and that's, but that's enough time for Anna to be torn between feeling nauseous and feeling turned on. So that's where we leave her end of chapter. For a chapter that went by pretty quickly, that was fucking exhausting. So some slight changes to my Patreon. Right now I have three tiers, four tiers, whatever. Um, a $2 tier, a $5 tier, $10 tier, and a $25 tier. I'm switching things up a little bit. I'm adding a $15 tier. The $25 tier is going to stay. The chapter readings, where I read uh, each chapter aloud, and theoretically, not always the case, but theoretically post it before I post the new podcast episode, so you can listen to me read it if you want, and also I give some, like, extra commentary of just whatever I'm feeling like talking about in the moment when I'm reading it. So that currently is at the $25 tier. I'm going to be moving that down to the $15 tier. Um and then I am going to be keeping the $25 tier and that is still going to be you'll, you'll be shouted out on the podcast and also the goal right now is once a month. This might increase in future, but right now, once a month, I am going to just be publishing a little snippet of erotica. Probably not hosted on Patreon, because I think you can get in trouble for that. I'm going to figure out where I want to host that, keep an eye on social media, on all my social medias, the the podcast social medias, for where that will be hosted, but I will just be posting a little snippet of my own original erotica. I might even read it aloud for you. We'll see. I'm, I'm still kind of in the early stages of figuring that out, so it's not going to go into effect immediately, but in the near future, look out for that. I will be talking more on this feed about it as I figure it all out. So thank you so much for listening to my latest rant. My name is Lee. You can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash Artist. and you can find my sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash candykitten. And I was taking a little bit of a break from sex work because I was not making a whole lot of money out of it. Whatever, it's fine, it happens. But I am starting to ramp back up on that, so I will be a lot more active on my spicy links allmylinks.com slash candy kitten. Go check it out. This podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod. Um, be sure to check the episode description for the spellings on all of those links. Uh, speaking of links, you can find this podcast's Patreon at that last All My Links link where you can support this podcast monthly in return for some fun exclusive content like I just said. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledincpodcast at gmail.com, and if you can't, don't want to, or don't feel comfortable supporting me monetarily, and trust me, I get it, we're in fucking shrinkflation hell right now, I get it, it's fine. Please rate and or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice, like seriously, that helps so fucking much. It brings me up in the rankings, it helps people find this humble little podcast. Tell a friend, write a blog post, whatever the fuck you wanna do, word of mouth is a fantastic way for a podcast to grow. Please, please, thank you. So, so appreciated. Our logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com. Periodic reminder that he is a fucking incredible artist and, like, just a really chill dude all around. Definitely go check him out. And until next time, remember your rack. That's risk-aware consensual kink. I'm gonna go lie down now. Bye. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. Note to future editing self: put this audio clip at the beginning of the uh, episode somewhere. Oh boy, my battery's low. I better finish up quick.